And now it's time for Back to the Futures on the BetQL Network with Travis Thomas and Brandon Sprague. Ah, yes. Let's go back. Way back. Back to the Futures by BetQL. Travis Thomas here with my main man, Fitty Grand, Brandon Sprague. Welcome in, my friend. How you doing, man? Good to be back for another week. We got some futures to lay down this week, and I know we're going to disagree on some of these today. I know we're going to get a lot of NFC stuff, but, man, it feels great to be back here again going to the future and giving you guys those money bets that hopefully you'll be able to cash in by the end of the year. Gosh, you're such a pro. That's a perfect transition because you're right on two things. We're going to disagree on a bunch, and we are talking NFC this week. So you remember last week we talked AFC futures. We did Who's going to win the conference? We went through a bunch of win totals. This week, it's the NFC's turn. Now, let's start here. It's all about the Super Bowl. We, we have plenty of time for win totals, Brandon, but it's all about the Super Bowl. And mm-hmm. for the first time in recent memory for me, and it sounds funny because we've watched the Patriots be a modern-day dynasty, but I've always bet against the Patriots uh, to win the Super Bowl in my futures I know, tough way to make a living, and I didn't hit any of those bets because Brady has all the rings. But for the first time in recent memory, I am willing to bet on a heavy favorite in the Tampa Bay Bucks and my old friend Tom Brady because they bring everyone back, literally, Brandon. I mean, they brought back water boys. Like, everyone with this franchise is back again for the reboot. And I got to tell you, I know it's plus 300, but (laughs) – I, I see the Bucks very much so as a repeat Super Bowl champion. Now, obviously, we're going to give you some other value plays, but usually I hate on people that will, you know, pick the favorite and especially another team mm-hmm. to repeat. But I think the Bucks could get it done this year. Look, I, I don't blame you for that. Tom Brady's the GOAT. Um, I don't even know how many Super Bowls he has anymore. I've lost track because <laughs> he's on two hands. That tells me all I need to know about that. Look, you're not wrong. They brought every single person involved with that franchise back, social media team, two deeps, coaches, whatever. I'm just, I'm not there with you. The odds aren't awful. It's not a bad bet to lay, but I I just, I can't ride with a back-to-back champion. If I would have told you, Travis, a year ago, going into last year's season, despite it being a weird COVID year, that the Chiefs weren't winning, I don't know if you would have agreed. The Chiefs were an overwhelming favorite. Everybody penciled in him for a dynasty run. And they get to the Super Bowl, and what happens? Your offensive line can't stay healthy, and you can't stop uh, stop a defensive pass rush. I just think you'd be very weary of banking on back-to-back champions. This league, man, especially this league, it is hard to create what New England did, and I don't think you can replicate that. Even if Brady is in Tampa, and I like Tom Brady, there's no way I'm trusting them to be able to do it. They escaped real injury luck. Everybody relatively stayed healthy for them. They matchup-wise in the postseason, they got to start with Washington. Drew Brees was super old. They had some things kind of break their way, and I don't even think they win the Super Bowl if Kansas City's offensive line is healthy. So what are we saying about them today? Despite all of the good points you made there on the depth, I just, I'm just i not banking on a repeat champion. This league does not produce those very often. Listen, you make a great point about the NFC in general. I, I mean, look. In the AFC, it feels really top-heavy to me. Uh, you know, you mentioned the Chiefs, and they are the Super Bowl favorite. But you mentioned the Chiefs, the Bills. Uh, you're, you're thinking Ravens. Um, but in the NFC, top to bottom, Brandon, I mean, my God. I, I, 
I could see, and we'll get into this, but I could see a long shot, to be honest with you, coming out of the NFC in terms of pushing the Buccaneers. In fact, I'll give you one right now. And, and maybe it's because of the city I'm in, right? But I cover the Washington football team uh, in Washington, D.C., and people are saying, listen, if Ryan Fitzpatrick can just cut down on the turnovers, this defense is good enough. And remember, on Wild Card Weekend, we watched that Washington football team last season give Tom Brady and the eventual world champion Buccaneers all that they could handle. That was probably leading up into the Aaron Rodgers game and the NFC title game. That was probably the toughest test that Brady and them had. So to your point, I think the NFC is so deep. Uh, it will be tough sledding for the pay, for the uh, Bucks to get back to the Super Bowl. But again, they have everyone coming back, so they have an advantage there. Now let's talk about some of those other teams to be a threat to Tom's throne. Let's start with the Packers. So they lose in the NFC title game uh, to no fault, in my opinion, of Aaron Rodgers. I actually thought Matt LaFleur blew that game by not trusting Rodgers at the end of it. I could have seen I, the I, Packers. I disagree in... with you there. What? How yeah, could you I, disagree with that? Did look, you watch I, the game? I got to throw the flag. I watched it twice. I watched a repeat of it because I'm a loser. But uh, I, I got to throw the flag here. Look. Matt LaFleur and the Packers deserve a lot of criticism. Aaron Rodgers, to lose a quarterback of that caliber is shameful, right? I'm not making an excuse for LaFleur kicking it on fourth down. What I will say, though, is, and this is largely what happens, Aaron Rodgers, for whatever reason, as much as I love watching him play, he kind of escapes the criticism in this game because that wasn't their only possession. How many times did they get the ball and have to punt? Some of this is on Aaron Rodgers. Don't be in a position where you're hosting the NFC Championship game and the whole game breaks down to, do you kick a field goal on fourth down? Bad call, no doubt. But I think he escaped some criticism. I didn't think he played all that well. And they had a lot of possessions where it just felt like they, they walk away empty-handed. You cannot do that if you're Aaron Rodgers at home. You know, Sprager, if I didn't know any better, knowing you the way I know you, it almost sounds like you like the Packers at plus 550 to win the NFC. Am I wrong? You are wrong. Yes, I do not like the Green Bay Packers. There, Travis, there is not any conceivable way for me, as much as Aaron Rodgers is talented and he's got a deep wide receiver core, probably the deepest in the league, I don't buy in on the last dance stuff. I don't buy in on the there's everything is hanging and looming over. What happens if this team starts three and two or two and four? Those questions are going to go back to the relax quotes. It's going to be calm down, don't panic, and maybe I won't. But I just think having everything loom on one season, the future and everything, I don't trust it. Uh, if, if I'm going value, if I'm going teams that I realistically think are going to win the NFC, if I'm not going Green Bay. Tampa doesn't give me the ultimate value. I am going the NFC West. I think the NFC West is the division to look at to find good value and teams that I think are going to ultimately win that conference. It's no question that that is the toughest uh, division in football. I don't know who the hell would argue that, and if they did, they were wrong. Listen, I could see a scenario, and I think I told you this before, where I could see the Cardinals, quite frankly, uh, winning the NFC West. Now, do I, I – I don't know. Do I think they will? Probably not. But from a betting standpoint and the odds and the number you, you get them at, I, I don't know why you wouldn't sprinkle a little something there on the Cardinals – to possibly win the West. I'm not buying necessarily, though, Brandon, that uh, just whoever wins the West or, or let's say they get three or a few wild cards out of there, I'm not buying that that team's going to win uh, the entire conference. And I'll give you a point. 
The Rams are plus 700 to win the NFC. Uh, I wouldn't make that bet with your money. And here's why. And you got a lot of it. And I still wouldn't make the bet. I am mm-hmm. not buying this Matthew Stafford is going to lead them to the promised land with the genius Sean McVay. Please. Cam Akers going down absolutely crushed that team. But you know why? Because you're putting more weight of the world on Matthew Stafford's shoulders. That team needs a running back in the worst way. They need a workhorse back. They need a prime young Todd Gurley. Can we go back to the futures and get that Todd Gurley back in the building? Because then I'd buy him to go to the Super Bowl. I'm not buying them at plus 700 to make the Super Bowl. Do not tell me that's your bet. Don't say it. Look, I, I think there's something you have to trust, the head coaching, right? Coaching is going to play an instrumental part in what this ends up all being. And you talked about Arizona. Arizona is probably the team I'm least in on. I think the J.J. Watt signing is severely overrated. Is he going to stay healthy for more than eight games? I'm not banking on it. I don't know where DeAndre Hopkins is at and all of this stuff. He had the weird COVID comments, and then he deleted it. I like Kyler Murray. I need him to stay healthy, and I need to see more before I make an actual bet on him. And look. I trust Cliff Kingsbury to safely just drop my mom off at her front door and not hit on her than I would to bank on him winning the division. Show me something other than just looking pretty, Cliff Kingsbury. I'm not ready to bank there. I don't disagree with your running back depth problem with the Rams. And overall, if you look at their depth from front, uh, from front to back, offense, defense, it's a little bit of a problem. But I like Matt Stafford. I think he is a damn good quarterback. And to see Sean McVay as giddy as he is to have Matthew Stafford behind center... That leaves me optimistic. I actually think there's a lot of value in plus 700 for the Rams to win that Super Bowl. They came really close, and they pushed Green Bay in Lambeau in the snow with Jared Goff. I think Matt Stafford's a clear upgrade. Uh, That is really, that's one of my favorite bets is the Rams to win the NFC at plus 700. Wait a minute. Slow down here. So you mean to tell me the 49ers at plus 650, okay, with two Capable quarterbacks. Jimmy G, we've seen them go to a Super Bowl with him. Now, they lost that Super Bowl because of him, if you ask me. But that's another topic for another Back to the Futures by Beck UL. But Jimmy G, we've at least seen do it. Everyone's telling us this Trey Lance kid is the second coming. We know that they had injuries out the yen. Now everyone's back. Defense is back. They, too, have a pretty head coach who's a very good head coach in Kyle Shanahan. And also, let us not forget about the Pacific Northwest. You of all people shouldn't do that. Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll still together. I don't care about the rest of the roster. As long as those two are together, you have a shot. And at plus 1,000, those are beautiful odds. You mean to tell me with those staring you in your face in this NFC West, you're going with the Rams? I am going to go with the Rams, man, because San Francisco has not had the injury luck be on their side the entire Kyle Shanahan era. Even the year they went to the Super Bowl, they dealt with little nagging injuries. And and look, I, I like I like Jimmy G. Trey Lance seems like the real deal potentially. We haven't seen him play a real down, but people are running with that conclusion. Let's let's see how this plays out. You know, is Jimmy G going to struggle from the gate? He's coming back from an injury last year. Is Trey Lance really ready to elevate his team to a Super Bowl level? You don't see that from rookie quarterbacks very often. So there is a lot to bank on. I think San Francisco's a playoff team. I just don't like them to win this division. Seattle is the sleeper team in this thing. They're at plus 275 to win the division. They have even better odds to win the, the conference. That being said, they haven't locked up an extension with Dwayne Brown, uh, Russell Wilson's left tackle, and they haven't reached an agreement yet with Jamal Adams. Now, if they get to that point, 
then okay, we can have that conversation. But I don't know if they're going to be able to do it. And they're dealing with a little bit of the Aaron Rodgers thing too. Russell Wilson's putting on a brave face. But I talked to somebody up in Seattle around that team, and they basically said, if this thing hits the side of the wall early, it's going to potentially get ugly. You cannot have a slow start if you're Seattle. They start against a really good Colts team who may or may not have Carson Wentz and Quentin Nelson coming back from their injuries. If they start 0-1, it's already going to be doom and gloom up there in the Pacific Northwest in Seattle. And so I'm just not ready to bank on them yet. And I also don't trust what they have on defense in the secondary and with the pass rush. Their linebacking core is really stout, obviously led by Bobby Wagner. But I don't, I don't know if I'm fully trusting what's going on in Seattle yet to the point where I'd bet them over the Rams. I mean, listen, all this drama in the NFC with these quarterbacks and these teams. And look, there could be drama when you think about long shots uh, upsetting all these teams that we've talked about. Now, I brought up the Washington football team to make a point earlier. Let me be clear. They are not a long shot for me to do anything because it would mean uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick would have to be someone he's not, and I'm not buying that. So for me, I'm going to give you one that I'm sure is going to get a rise out of you. Look, I'm going Saints at plus 1,200, and here's why. Everyone just gives this, like, you know, love fest to Drew Brees, and I understand why he's a Hall of Famer. But can we have an honest conversation? The past few years of his career, he was a shot fighter, Brandon. He was washed, okay? And – for me, I think they can actually get more production out of the quarterback position. I believe it'll be Jameis Winston, but, uh, you know, I know some people think Taysom Hill. I don't really care. Just get someone in there who can give you some more production. Alvin Kamara, and for my money, is the best back in football. I think that defense is good. I think the roster is solid. Michael Thomas, they're going to kiss and make up. I like the Saints at plus 1,200 to win the NFC as my long shot. Who's yours? Uh, I think you're absolutely off on this one, man. This is one of my favorite under bets of the year. I would not put any money on their Super Bowl odds. Look, Drew Brees was a shot fighter. You're not wrong. Michael Thomas is disgruntled. It was a weird way they handled that injury. Kamara is a beast, but I'm just not seeing it, man. Look, I know Sean Payton is an offensive guru, but I think from time to time we fall too in love and we assume coaches are always going to be good and not have setbacks. Andy Reid had setbacks. Bill Belichick had setbacks. Sean McVay, one of the best ones out there right now, has had setbacks. I think Sean Payton is going to have a rough year. They don't have a quarterback. When you have two, you have none. I'm not trusting Jameis to not throw it to the other team, and I'm sure as hell not trusting Taysom Hill to do anything but cover punt returns. So I'm not trusting their quarterback position. If you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a real shot. I don't even think they're finishing in the top two in that division, and I'm betting the under of nine wins. I am out on the Saints this year. They are not going to be good. Jeez, you broke my heart. I was going to ask you over <laughs> under win totals for Saints and Cardinals. I already know your answer, so I'll get one from you before we go to break. How yep. about the Bears, seven and a half, because I love the over. Love the over. I think Justin Fields is going to fit in really well. And even despite the, the struggles they've had with the quarterback position with Trubisky and Foles last year, they were still in the playoffs, and they were maybe a drop touchdown pass away from potentially upsetting the Saints. I think Fields is going to be better. I really like the over of the Bears this year. Coming up next, player props for college football and pros. He's Brandon Sprague. I'm Travis Thomas. This is Back to the Futures from BetQL. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some bets from Travis Thomas and Brandon Sprague on Back to the Futures from BetQL.
Let's get back to more Back to the Futures with Travis Thomas and Brandon Sprague, only on the BetQL Network. All right, welcome back in. Brandon Sprague alongside my co-host Travis Thomas here on the BetQL Network. Welcome back in, Back to the Futures, and we go back to the Futures with you here on a lot of things, man, we just talked about the NFC and how loaded it is. I'm with you. I think it's seven, maybe eight, depending on how you feel about team, uh, certain teams deep. I think the player angle is just as interesting here, Travis. And we have a lot to discuss here with player props, totals, over-unders, wherever you want to start. We're going to dive into it all, and we'll help you guys lay those tickets so you can make sure you cash in as you watch the season. I want to start with wide receivers, though. I think this is a really interesting year at the wide receiver position, ESPN recently put up a poll question saying, who is the best receiver in the NFL? And I was amazed of how long it took me to conclude who I thought was the best receiver in the NFL, which makes, I think, the totals of what we have projected here very fascinating to follow from the, uh, from the gambling angle. No, you're absolutely right. You know, I, uh, I'm in the barber shop all the time. I know. I see you looking at my bald head. Yes. Okay, this is perfection, okay? A professional has to do this. I can't do this myself. And I'm in the barbershop, and this comes up all the time. Who's the best wide receiver? And everyone has a different answer. Uh, Look, I'm going to tell you mine as this segment goes on. And surprise, surprise, Sprager, I think we're going to disagree like we always do. It'll make for riveting radio. Who is it? You you want me to tell you before we even start, before you give me the props? You, I'll, I'll give props. I mean, we'll get numbers, but you can't just tell me that I'm going to disagree. Right. What if I, I mean, you got to tell me the name. All right. I will unveil it here. DeAndre Hopkins is the best wide receiver in the NFL. There is no argument. There's no, there's no reason for I you mean, to disagree. Argument. Just agree with me. Agree with me for once in your life, Sprager. No, no, I'm sorry. You're not giving me the energy to agree. I, I can't do it, man. I'm out. I think DeAndre Hopkins is right there in the conversation. I think Devontae Adams deserves some respect here. Stephon Diggs deserves some respect here. Keenan Allen in L.A. is underrated. Mike Evans in Tampa has been underrated. Keenan Allen? What are you? Hey, I'm just saying, I know you guys don't pay attention to the West Coast very often, but we've got some ballers (laughs) out here on the left coast, baby. And I think there are a lot of guys that could fall into that best in the game. DeAndre Hopkins is probably the the most popular one. I won't disagree with you. I'm not ready. I'm not ready to, to anoint him the best wideout. Amazing? Yes. He doesn't impact winning on a week-to-week basis. And I think what? sometimes there's other guys that do. Bro, first of all, let me go back. You said Devontae Adams. I get that a lot. You know what ends that argument every time? What has he done without Aaron Rodgers? What would he do on a different team? You know what we've seen with DeAndre Hopkins? We've seen him ball with different quarterbacks. Now, granted... Both of his quarterbacks have been very good. I will not take that away from Deshaun and Kyler. I get it. But at least we've seen it. Same with Stephon Diggs. Devontae Adams has had Aaron Rodgers his whole life. I mean, what would he do with a different quarterback? I don't think he'd be the same guy. I mean, he probably wouldn't be. I'll, I'll give you okay, that. Okay, then he can't be the best, Sprager. What, what do you mean he can't be the best? What do you mean? You can't be Jordan the best if you Pippen? admit that. You can't You no. can't say, okay, well, yeah, I guess he wouldn't be as good without Roger. Okay, then that's not the best. Uh, I, I, I disagree. I think you can be the best playing with the best. I think that's part of it. Let's dive into this. Let's get to some of these numbers. Travis, I want to start with some totals. Your number one total right now at the wide receiver position is what? 
Well, I, well, of course, DeAndre Hopkins. I'm not going to – listen, I'm up here. I have veins poking out of my forehead from arguing with you about this. Of course I'm putting <laughs> my money on him. I got him at 10-1 to 1 to lead the NFL in receiving yards, and that's easy money. I was offended at the 10-1 to 1 odds, to be honest with you. Uh, Justin Jefferson and Diggs and all these other mm-hmm. people. I even saw Calvin Ridley. I mean, my God. Uh, Julio Jones is gone, Okay. Calvin Ridley, I get it. He's getting all the love and fantasy and betting because he's the new sheriff in town. Go ask Juju Smith-Schuster how that feels because everyone kept selling me when Antonio Brown left the Steelers that Juju Smith-Schuster was going to be some superstar, except that he wasn't. It's tough to be the man, right? Claypool ended up being the top receiver. So to me, let's see Ridley do it before I bet on it. I'm going DeAndre Hopkins because he's the best in the league, and 10 to 1 are beautiful odds, and he's going to lead this league in receiving yards. Well, I'm going to give you a sleeper. Uh, not that Hopkins won't do it, but one that I'm really liking. I'm eyeing because I think he is going to be instrumental in what their offense is. Here's some back to the futures for you. Give me DK Metcalf to lead the NFL in receiving this year. This is one of the underrated picks, I think, to win this category. And by the way, it's another guy that we didn't even mention. This dude's barely been in the NFL, and he's quite literally the most over-dominating presence we've seen at that position in quite some time. This dude is a workhorse. He stays healthy. I love that he's Russell Wilson's number one. I think the new revamped offense with Shane Waldron, as we saw in L.A., is going to open things up. They're going to get him the ball a lot quicker. And right now, you can get great odds on him to win this at 13-1. to 1. Those are fantastic futures. And I think DK Metcalf is going to have a breakout monster year, even more than he did last year this coming season. Those are great odds. And you know what? For the first time in our lives, Brandon, I, I think I agree with you, my friend. And you know it's what I respect? Ticket. I respect that you didn't put him in the conversation when we were talking about the best in the game. Because to me, at this point in his career, respectfully, DK Metcalf is absolutely a one-trick pony. He goes deep. He's bigger and stronger and faster than everyone. And that's all there is to it. Now, as he develops and his career goes on, can he... Learn every route in the route tree? Sure. Can he make his hands a little better? Sure. He can work on his game. And he's such a physical dominant specimen that I believe he can become the best wide receiver in the game, but he's not there yet. But in terms of value at 13 to 1, that is a beautiful call on your part, my friend. I bow down. I'm sorry for yelling. That's okay. We always got to ride back to the futures <laughs> together. And if you got a great ticket, I'm going to take it. I hope I can give you guys a couple out there. It's here. We're on the BetQL network. Back to the futures. Brandon Sprague, Travis Thomas. I want to do some. I want to do a total. There's there's one wide receiver bet that I have fallen in love with, and I think right. I either need you to talk me out of it, or double down and convince me to go write this ticket in and and get it as quickly as I possibly can because I think this is a slam dunk wide receiver total bet. What are you thinking on Robert Woods, his total for passing yards this year? Wide receiver for the Rams, by the way. His total is exactly 1,000. Is Robert Woods and a Sean McVay, Matt Stafford offense not just easily going to pass that number? What am I missing here? As the voice of reason on the program, I would never tell you to take all your money and put it on a bet, except right now. I think that is easy money. Look, 
The only the only cause for concern that I have, I'll be honest with you, Brandon, as you know, I'm not the biggest uh, Matthew Stafford fan ever. And he, we've seen over the years, has some durability issues. He does play hurt. I respect him for that. There's no Jay Cutler going on here. But he does get banged up. And so I'm a little concerned because we've seen, uh, look, Jared Goff wasn't very good, okay? But at the same time, when he went down, uh, it was an absolute disaster for Sean McVay and the crew at the quarterback position. So I could see if Matthew Stafford, you know, gets banged up, we could be sweating this ticket out a little bit. But I'm with you. I think that is easy money. Uh, I'm willing to go with you on that and put all my money on that bet. That is easy money. Yeah, I think Matt Stafford is going to stay healthy. And that offense, I mean, it's just it's it's made for Robert Woods. It really is. And he has dominated. I know Cooper Cup has dealt with a little injury history himself. But I, I absolutely think it is made for them. You know, something we didn't quite get into as we talk about wide receivers here on Back to the Futures is – Hinting at the NFC, and I think part of this and how you judge who is going to hit their overs, who is going to have the best bet to lead the league in receiving, it's going to be a lot. A lot of it's going to be predicated, in my opinion, on how talented the team is, right? Like if if Seattle, if DK Metcalf is going to win that ticket at 13 to 1 to lead the league in receiving, I'm going to assume it's going to be because Seattle is hitting a stride and playing well and dominating other defenses, not only in the division, but around the National Football League. So I'm going to hit you with a few win totals real quick within the NFL, playing off of the wide receiver props. And I want to get your thoughts. We talked about the Saints already, so we don't need to dive back into that. But I'm going to ask you, the 49ers, who you mentioned earlier in the show, it's a very interesting team, I think, from a betting angle. Their over-under is 10.5. Well, that's such a high number. I, I mean, look, I would take the under... Um, but at the same time, do I see a scenario where that overhits? Yes. I would actually, because our people that listen to the show love us, I am just going to be honest. I'm not coming anywhere near betting the 49ers for anything this season. Win totals, player props, any of that, because they're too hard to call, Brandon. I mean, people get hurt. We don't know who's playing quarterback. We think they're going to be good, but we're not sure. I, I'm not going to touch it personally. But if I were betting it, I would probably fade and say under just because there's too many questions, not enough answers. We get the extra game this year, but I think the, an important thing to remember with the team like the Niners, if you if you like the Rams like I do, or you're into the Seahawks who have really good value to win the division, I think something to take into account is this really might be the year that division beats the living hell out of each other. I mean, you have the <laughs> Cardinals who I don't trust. We could be looking at a ton of season splits between all of these teams whether that's winning on the road or winning at home it is a tough division to see somebody truly dominating barring injury right even if i like the rams i don't know if they're winning more than 12 games this division is tough they've got really talented defensive players and i think if you're looking at win totals i'm i'm probably more prone to want to stay away from the nfc west more so than any other division because i don't know what the niners are going to be a quarterback because i don't know how dysfunctional the seattle situation truly is and because the Rams are entirely dependent on their health. I think if you're looking for win totals within this conference, as this is the theme of the day here on Back to the Futures, it's going to be finding teams that people aren't giving enough chance to. Example, yeah. the Minnesota Vikings. I would, oh. I would value them. I think their over-under number right now, as I'm looking at it, it's set right at nine. I think the Vikings could win that division, let alone I am absolutely taking them to hit their over of nine. 
Yeah, I'm not taking them. Listen, bro, I covered uh, Kirk Cousins for a number of years in Washington, and uh, I have lost money and <laughs> feeling in my legs from betting on this guy. I, I have, I want no parts of anything to do with Kirk Cousins trying to win me money. I might bet against him. I, in fact, you know what? I'll take the under. Okay, just for shacks and giggles on this show between me and you, Brandon, since you're so high on the Vikings and winning the division <laughs> and all this nonsense, uh, I'll tell you how this is going to go because I could see into the future with my bald head. Here's how it's going to go. All season, you're going to be texting me saying, oh, that win total, you're going to lose, you're going to lose. And then we're going to get to December. And you know what's going to happen? I'm going to whoop. Pull the chair right from under you because that's what Kirk Cousins does. When it matters, he lets you down. Is it possible that they play the game this year with Kirk Cousins in that Pope motorcade so he doesn't get COVID? <laughs> like, could you could they design something where he can pass out of the glass box? And he's like, hey, I, I'm not getting the vax. I'm not getting COVID either. Let me play quarterback behind this Pope box. Is that what we call I the Pope box? I, I, listen, I certainly hope so because I want everyone to be safe. And it also would be very entertaining to see Kirk Cousins in the Pope mobile. It, it really would be. Look, I, I, I don't I don't. I don't blame you for feeling how you feel about Kirkers. You you got a front row seat of Kirk Cousins and what that is when he's the quarterback. I just think they're bringing a lot of guys back defensively. They had to restart on that position last year. They lost seven people. They're bringing most of those guys back. You look at the depth and what they have on offense. Kirkers is good for 10 wins. That's why I like him. Overall, though, uh, evaluating the landscape of what is the NFC, I cannot believe the value Washington is getting. I know we go back to your neck of the woods all the time, but I cannot believe that D.C. is being overlooked, not only within their own division, but their over-under number is eight and a half. They're going to have yeah. a nasty defense. I think Chase Young is going to win Defensive Player of the Year and potentially MVP. Yes, sir. Sign me up all day for Washington Ooh. to hit their over at eight and a half. Yeah, I mean, look, I, uh, I like the over, but not by as much as I think you do. You know, I think this is a nine and eight football team. Uh, worst case scenario, eight and nine. Now, oh, what's interesting so is awful, though, man. That it, it is terrible. awful. It is terrible, but it's going to be not as bad as last season. And I think that's the difference. Remember, Washington won the NFC East last season at seven and nine. Now, if you're talking about the entire division being a little bit better, which I think it will, but not much. Nine and eight will probably still get it done. Maybe ten and seven. I think that's where Washington is. But guess what? If Dallas can figure out this Dak situation with the injuries and he's healthy, that's a team that could be right there. I still believe in the Giants. I know everyone's telling me Daniel Jones is trash and all that. I don't necessarily believe that. I, I think he can find his groove. I think the Giants are right around there as well. But I do like the over for the Washington football team. Yeah, I, I just don't think the division got better. I think Philly's going to be trash. I think the Giants are not going to be good. And Daniel Jones, I'd bet the under on his passing yards. Uh, one of our producers, Paul, also, for what it's worth, 28-1 to 1 for Kirk Cousins to lead the league in passing. Please. You saw a lot of games last year, man. They, they trailed big early, and then they had to do a big comeback. I don't, think that's a, I don't think that's a bad bet. That's good value right there for those looking at the quarterback position. We'll dive into all of that as we go along here on the Back to the Future show on BetQL. Coming up next... Let's dive into one of my favorites, college football, baby. We are two weeks away from week zero. The Pac-12 season here out west is going to be great. The SEC, the ACC, where are we looking? And college football cast-offs. Who are the favorites, pretenders, sleepers? We'll cover it all next on the BetQL Network, Back to the Futures. 
Let's get back to more Back to the Futures with Travis Thomas and Brandon Sprague, only on the BetQL Network. Back like we never left. Back to the Futures by BetQL. Let's talk a little college football, shall we, in a game we like to call Playoff or Cast Off. Playoff or Cast Off. All right, let's talk a little college football here. So, for me, North Carolina, do you believe this is a playoff team or a cast-off team? Because I got to tell you, I'm leaning playoffs here, Sprager. Oh, I, this is a super big cast-off to me. I, what? You want me, to, you want me to invest my money in Mac Brown? Mac Brown had Texas yes. for 30 years. What did he do? He won one championship. He won a like, championship. Come on. Oh, get out of here. Texas should be winning multiple championships, but that's a different argument for a different day. I don't trust Mac Brown to win the game that counts, and we know what game that is. And Sam Howell, very interesting NFL prospect, but is he capable of winning a championship in the ACC or even getting his team to the playoffs? I don't know if I'm ready for that. They're a high-scoring offense, but I'm not buying this North Carolina stock. Not quite there. Well, then you don't buy it. I'll buy it all up. Listen, Hal is a very good quarterback, okay? Stop underselling him. By the way, I I get it. They're a powerhouse. I'm not sold that Clemson's going to come back and just roll everyone. I'm I'm not necessarily buying that. They lost a ton of guys to the league, as they should. None more important than Trevor Lawrence. I could see Clemson taking a step back. Who else in the ACC scares you besides no one? And by the way, We will know immediately, okay? This argument between you and I will be over very quickly because UNC opens their season in Blacksburg with Virginia Tech. I cover that team. That is a very tough place to play in any year, going all the way back to Beamer Bowl. So good luck with that. That's a tough road opener. If the Tar Heels win that, like I believe they will, I think they're going to have a tremendous season. By the way, they go to Notre Dame later in the season as well. You win those two, I'm telling you, you're in. I'm buying them. All right, up next, how about the U? It's not the U like the old days, but they're still there. They're trying to come back and resuscitate that program. Miami University, cast off or playoff? I'm going to do the same thing I did with UNC. I think the ACC is an overrated trash conference propped up by (laughs) one team and one team at all, and that's Clemson. Let me tell you this. I, I once had a story where I was hanging out, and I was hanging out with a bookie. And the bookie, we were talking about football, and I was just like, ah, you know, I I really like this team. I don't like that team. And he goes, what does Vegas tell you? And I said, oh, it says they're both plus 5,000. Then Vegas is telling you they're both trash. UNC, Miami have the same odds. If I'm not buying UNC, I ain't buying Miami. Until I can actually see them do it, I'm not buying into the U. I want the U to be good in football. I grew up with the U being great in football. It's great for college football. Not yet. They're not quite there. And the Clemson remark, I'm going to let it slide. I don't think you could be more wrong. Clemson is a perennial power here, Travis. Yeah, they lost guys to the NFL. Guess what? They replaced them with the next crop of NFL players. They've got the number one quarterback recruit finally becoming the starter. He did a serviceable job during Trevor Lawrence's absence last year. Clemson is clearly the favorite to win that conference again. Tell us how you really feel. Trash overrated. By the way, have your bookie call me. Uh, I'm with you, though. (laughs) I'm with you on the U. I mean, look, 
I like what they're trying to do. I like the turnover chain. I like that they're trying to recreate the swag down there. Uh, they're headed in the right direction. They are not there yet. I'm going cast off as well. All right, let's go to the West Coast. I will admit I will allow you to run this one because I don't know Jack Schneikes about Washington, okay? The Washington Huskies. Please, I'm going cast off out of pure disrespect and West Coast bias uh, or East well, Coast I mean, bias for me. It might be a little bias on your end. I don't blame you for that, but I'll tell you right now, I think the Washington Huskies are one of the sleeper teams. If there's going to be a team, you go, what? Where did this team come from? It's Washington. They need to be in what? that conversation. They're returning five offensive linemen, a first-round prospect in Jackson Kirkland. They have three deep at the running back position. They return their quarterback. They're returning nine guys on defense, and Jimmy Lake, their head coach, is a defensive specialist. I think Washington, you look at the schedule, they play at Michigan. That's their huge non-conference test. I'm not buying Harbaugh. If they can get through the non-conference 3-0, and all they have to do is only lose one game, win the conference title, and they can do it. Man, they can pro they'll probably lose a conference game because no Pac-12 team has gone undefeated since they revamped and went to a nine-game conference schedule. But if there is a team to sleep on and say, hey, they could emerge, Washington is that team. Their schedule shapes up really well. They get Oregon at home. They avoid USC. They are hosting the tough teams and playing the easy teams. Washington's a team that could potentially take advantage of this conference because it's not great from top to bottom. It's okay. It's not great. Listen, I'll take your word for it. Maybe I'll bet them a couple games here or there. But uh, in terms of playoff, forget about it. They're a cast off for me. I lost enough money betting them when Jake Locker was there. I haven't looked back since. Another team I've lost money betting on in playoff or cast off is the Georgia Bulldogs. I'm going cast off because every stinking year I say this is a year. They got all the talent. Look at this recruiting class. Kirby Smart's ready to take the next step. <laughs> They lose every time. They blow it. They poop the bed. Not interested. Cast off. Where are you going with the Georgia Bulldogs? Uh, Kirby Smart has shown that he can recruit at a level that we haven't seen at Georgia in quite some time. I know he's come pretty damn close to beating Bama and getting over that hump. The problem is he hasn't been able to duplicate it. So I I'm, not, I'm not buying Georgia. I'm going to say cast off. I think one of those, they start really good. We wonder aloud, how good are they? Are they ready to take down Bama? I'm not there, man. I, I, I'm going to cast off. That conference is too tough. I think that's why you buy into teams. If you like UNC or you like Washington, you're more banking about the conference not being great and them taking advantage of it more so necessarily than the team. I'm not banking on the SEC to be trash, and I don't think George is going to be able to run rough shot right through it. You've still got Bama in the way. I'm not, I'm not banking on Georgia. Cast off. All right, cast off or playoff Notre Dame. How do you feel about the fighting Irish? I think the Fighting Irish do the best thing in college football. They have an actual schedule that is to be respected around everywhere in the country. And look, Brian Kelly, I know it doesn't end well in the playoffs most of the time for him, but I think you have to buy in. This is a real contender to me. They're going to take advantage of the teams that they have over talent-wise on that schedule. They fare decently well against the ACC. That big game you mentioned against North Carolina, they're hosting it. I'm buying into Notre Dame. Brian Kelly does just enough to get that program into the playoff and them staying in independent is a benefit for them because if they only go through one loss, it doesn't matter if you're arguing strength of schedule, they play enough tough teams to get that respect and the committee wants the golden domers in the playoff. I'm buying into Notre Dame.
I agree and disagree with you. I agree that Brian Kelly is uh, just criminally underrated, in my opinion. I, I think he's a terrific coach, and, you know, Notre Dame fans are some of the worst, actually. They're the most critical of him, and all he does is win and get them in the playoffs. But that's why I'm going cast off here. I think the committee is tired of putting Notre Dame in these college football playoffs and watching them get annihilated. I think that is the reason. Nothing to do with their schedule. I agree with a lot of things you said, but I think if the committee has any chance to stick it to Notre Dame, they're going to do it, not because of the ratings. People watch them, but they're just tired of them getting, uh, you know, sacrificed basically on college uh, football playoff weekend. All right, what about Texas? Because I'm, I'm going cast off for them. I do not believe in Texas at all. I think they need to get to the SEC quick, fast, and in a hurry. And they need a slight rebuild of that program, in my opinion. I think Sarkeesian will rejuvenate them. I know his record at USC and Washington don't maybe elicit the kind of reaction I'm going to have. I think Sarkeesian is going to turn Texas around. I think Texas will be back at some point under Steve Sarkeesian. He came from Bama. He knows what the SEC recruiting grounds are. He's already in a blue blood state of uh, Texas where they have some of the best prospects in high school football around the country. I think when they get to the SEC, eventually he'll get it going. Not year one. This is an easy cast off for me. Please with the win the Big 12. I don't even think they're going to be second in that conference. And I think you look around. Oklahoma obviously is the clear favorite. You got to respect what Gundy is doing in Oklahoma State. And TCU, talk about sleepers. TCU could be better than Texas this year and duplicate wow. what they did in 2017 with an 11-3 and record. Travis, cast Texas off, put them on the Tom Hanks boat, and we'll watch Wilson float away. <laughs> cast them off. They are not on the island. Well played, my friend. Let me give you two Pac-12 teams, USC and UCLA. Are you casting off both like I am because you just sold me on Washington so I can't go and make them playoffs when now you have me ready to bet on Washington to make it I'm casting off both of these although I think UCLA will be vastly improved uh, USC will always be down kind of the wire because of the talent but they have Clay Helton as their coach so please put them on the little dinghy and float them out because you're not going <laughs> to buy into them they never win the game when they need to the most and they'll be looking for a new head coach after this coming season uh, UCLA is the interesting one. I think they've got real dark horse betting value to win this conference. They, they are returning 20 players. Travis, 20 players are returning on <laughs> offense and defense, and their quarterback is a four-year starter. I know Chip Kelly's reputation has taken a bit of a hit since he left Eugene, but I think this is the year UCLA kind of comes back to some prominence. And I actually like UCLA to win the South and get to the Pac-12 championship plus 1,200 to win the Pac-12. The North is going to beat the hell out of each other. Oregon, Washington, Cal, Stanford. These are good programs, and they're going to beat each other. I think UCLA has an opportunity in the South. Arizona's trash. Colorado's not good. I don't trust ASU and Herm Edwards. UCLA is the one that I don't know about playoff. But right. I like them to win at least their conference. But USC, cast them off. They're nowhere near a playoff team. All right, listen, I know that Brandon thinks I'm crazy. But I want to make a, just a quick case for a long shot, the Cincinnati Bearcats, to be playoff. Listen, they're going to run the table in that conference of theirs. Let's just not even waste time on that. There's two games that I'm watching where they are underdogs. At Indiana, so in Bloomington, uh, that's at even money last I look. And then Notre Dame. Obviously, they'll be underdogs there. Now, that mm -hmm. game's in Notre Dame, so that scares the hell out of me. But, Sprigs, if there's any way 
that they win those two games. How about the Bearcats at 14-1 to odds to make the college football playoff? I mean, you got to put a little something on it. That's all I'm saying. Sprinkle it on. I like sprinkling on that ticket. Those are good odds. I think they'll run right through that conference. And, oh, by the way, returning a quarterback. There's two things I value most in college football. Quarterbacks returning and who is the head coach. I like what Fickle's doing, and I love that Desmond uh, Ritter is going to be back. Cincinnati is absolutely worth putting a couple bucks on at 14-1. to Thanks for listening to the Back to the Futures on BetQL. For Brandon Sprague, I'm Travis Thomas. Good luck with all your bets. We'll see you next week on Back to the Futures by BetQL. I guess you guys aren't ready for that yet, but your kids are going to love it. Travis Thomas and Brandon Sprague on Back to the Futures from BetQL.